0: Which players that were drafted during the Matt Rule era will make an impact under new Panthers head coach Frank Reich, and which ones are in danger of losing their jobs here in Carolina? I'll tell you right now on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast,
1: part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian council. We're back again for the weekly Friday mailbag here on locked on Panthers and a quick programming update next week. We go into off season mode for the next six weeks here on the show, meaning there'll be three episodes a week. No more your team every day, but your team three times during the week. So Monday Wednesday, Friday will be our schedule. Now, the episodes on Monday will come out in the evening. Same case on Wednesday. And then Friday, the mailbag will be out there about noon on Fridays, just so you guys are prepared for that. So typically, you have it right there in the morning when you wake up, but going to change things up here during off season mode. We'll be recording on Mondays, releasing on Mondays, recording on Wednesdays, releasing on Wednesdays, and then probably recording on Thursdays and then releasing on Friday afternoon, the weekly Friday mailbag. So just want to give you all an update there as for the next six weeks, we'll be in off season mode. And it's possible like last season, I think I did five shows during the week of mandatory minicamp, which is in two weeks. It's possible that I do that again. And then after that, go right back and do three shows a week. And Of course, anything big happens, like Baker Mayfield and the Panthers trading for him last year, I will do a show and I will do a full week of episodes. If something like Brian Burns getting a contract, that happens, I will come on. I will do a show where you might get a full week of episodes. But if there's no news, then there will be three shows, really two, and then the weekly Friday mailbag. So just want to give you all an update there on how things are going to go over the next six weeks until we come back on July 17th, where we'll be back to five shows a week, about 10 days before the Panthers actually start training camp, and they likely still won't be very much happening. But let's go ahead and get into it. The weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. First question comes over from Alex, who says, looking back at the 2020 through 2022 draft classes, which players that are still around do you think are role players and will contribute under Reich? And which are role players that have murky futures with the team now? And are there any other guys – Outside of these drafts that you think are rule players and not quite role players. So let's go ahead and look at it. 2020, 2021, 2022, and some other players that were brought in by rule who could have an impact or might be in trouble not making the roster. We'll start off with 2020, and we'll just look at the entire class. Derrick Brown just had his fifth-year option exercise, had his best year of his career last year, where he was able to tie the uh, record here in Carolina for the most tackles by a defensive tackle in a season in franchise history. Scott Federer didn't even draft him, but he has shown how he wants to invest in him long-term. Frank Reich has never coached the man, but he's already shown how he is all in on Derrick Brown being here in Carolina long-term. The Panthers have had multiple opportunities to trade him away, and they have not done so. He, of course, is going to be not really a role player. He's going to be a big-time performer for the Carolina Panthers this year. Etor where taking the second round out of Penn State in 2020. He fits into the role of of someone who has a murky future here in Carolina. Moving to a 3-4 scheme, he is not exactly a scheme fit. And what we've seen from him in his first three seasons in Carolina, he has not really produced to the level that you would have hoped from a player coming out of the Big Ten at Penn State, being drafted in the second round. Gross Matos has not lived up to any of that potential so far. Could it change? Possibly. But he looks like someone that the Carolina Panthers could be moving on from. During training camp, via trade or cutting him down or getting cut when the roster cutdowns happen later on there in August. Jeremy Chin also taking the second round. We already know he's one of the impact players. He was an excellent choice by the Carolina Panthers. A lot of conversation there on draft night, whether it would be Derek Brown or it would be Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson. The Panthers made the right decision by taking Brown. Then they found a player who was able to do and has done a lot of the things that people thought Isaiah Simmons was going to do in the NFL. Jeremy Chin has been much better and should have been the defensive rookie of the year back in that 2020 season. Troy Pride Jr., fourth-round pick out of Notre Dame, no longer on the team. Kenny Robinson, fifth-round pick out of the XFL, started off his career at West Virginia, no longer on the team either. Bravion Roy, he's a role player. He's also a rule guy. Uh, they brought in Shy Tuttle. They got uh, Deshaun Williams here as well. You think about Marquon McCall, who really showed um, some things... Last season, especially really in the preseason, a little bit, parts and points of times in the season, he can be a role player there. So I think Roy's probably going to be on the roster. He's a rule guy, but he's someone who I think he's kind of earned his spot. And then Stan Thomas-Oliver, it kind of just comes down to special teams and whether he's someone who can make the roster again that way. Chris Tabor at least has one year of a relationship with Stan Thomas-Oliver, and we'll see how that works out as the cornerback room isn't that crowded. There's, There's the guys that you know who are actually out here to play corner. That's J.C. Horn. That's Dante Jackson that's CJ Henderson, that's Eric Rowe, and then Keith Taylor also. Stan Thomas Oliver, he's going to have to make this roster by contributing on special teams for the fourth year in a row. Looking at 2021, J.C. Horn, impact guy, no questions there. Terrace Marshall Jr., if you look at it, and we're going to talk more about Terrace here in segment two because someone has a question about Terrace. So we'll we'll get back to Terrace. Right now I would say he's a role guy who maybe could be able to turn himself into an impact player. But based off of what's happened this offseason, it doesn't look like that's what they're expecting out of Terrace this upcoming season. Brady Christensen, a starter, so of course he's not going to be a role guy. Tommy Trimble, he's someone also you could look at as possibly being sort of – in question, but I don't really feel like that's going to be the case. You got Hayden Hurst here to play that F tight end. You got Ian Thomas who's back as the second tight end. Trimble would be the third. Uh, is Trimble going to be able to get as many snaps as he's got in the last couple years now that you have Hayden Hurst? He's going to be able to do a lot of things that Trimble does as far as with run blocking and pass protecting, but he also is someone who actually can catch the football and do something with it. Ian Thomas, he's kind of established himself as that second tight end. Where does Tommy Trimble fit in? I think he's more of a role guy. Don't look at him on the on the bubble, but we'll see how it works out. Chuba Hubbard, also taken in 2021. He'll be a role player. You already listened to Frank Reich on Thursday. He was talking about how, let's be honest, yes, I love the by-committee approach. But our guy right now is Miles Sanders. Hubbard will have an opportunity, but it's not like he's going to be the feature back if the Panthers are really going to feature anyone. And if they do, it will be Miles Sanders. Devion Nixon, not on the roster. Keith Taylor, role player Deontay Brown, somehow still here. After getting cut, he's on the roster and, well, probably going to get cut again. Shy Smith, certainly someone who looks like he's going to be cut. Thomas Fletcher, LOL. Phil Hoskins, not on the roster. Uh, 2022. Ike Iquano, going to start again at left tackle. Impact player. Expect a lot out of him. Matt Corral, um, third-string quarterback. I don't even know if he's going to dress. Most games, he'll be there at least as the emergency quarterback. Didn't need to dress him. The parents don't need to after the other uh, rule change here uh, happening a couple weeks ago. So, we got Matt Corral, um, who will be a role guy, but he's a third quarterback. So, that's unfortunate for him. Brandon Smith, looking at as. I don't really know what to expect from Brandon Smith this upcoming season. Didn't seem a lot last year. Uh, you expect that Shaq Thompson and Frankie Louvu will get a ton of snaps there at inside linebacker. Uh, what role is he going to play? You brought in Kamu Gruyere Hill, who can be that interior linebacker as a backup. And you also have him here special teams. And you're bringing a guy like Bumper Poole, who I think has a chance to make the roster. Uh, Smith. Role guy, I think he'll be on. I think he'll be on the team, uh, but I don't know how much to expect out of him. Mari Barno, another one of those guys where we have to see how much he's progressed since last season. So he's a role guy. Cade Mays slotted in to start at right guard, so he certainly is an impact player for the Carolina Panthers because he'll be a starter for who knows how long, starting off in the 2023 season. And Kalen Barnes, of course, did not make the roster. Now, other players that were brought in uh, by Rule and his staff, who I think can have impacts, Frankie Louvu. Let's remember that they were looking at film of Sam Darnold and just checking out the Jets, and they saw Frankie and wanted to bring him in as a special teams guy. Well, he turned into a starter and a hell of a player last year as a full-time starter there at one of the linebacker spots for the Panthers. And Phil Snow, he's the one who should be credited for finding Frankie Louvain because he was watching the film, and he saw Frankie and he's like, oh, man, let's go get that guy. And Frankie has been a hell of a player for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Bradley Bozeman. The Panthers got him on a cheap deal. How much of it is uh, fitter? How much of it is it rule? I don't know. But Bradley Bozeman's now your starting center here in Carolina. And you could maybe say, hey, Matt Rule didn't start in week one. Maybe he liked Pat Elfline more, was more of a rule guy than Brady- Bradley Bozeman was. Well, Bozeman did have the ankle injury. which not be revisionist um, as far as the history goes there. But he, I felt like, it was always going to find a way to be the starter. It just was interesting just how it was working out. Um, Austin Corbett, who will miss a lot of time starting off the season with that ACL tear. Was it Federer? Was it Rule? I don't know, but he's a starter on this team whenever he's healthy. And then Xavier Woods, some of the Panthers brought in last year to start at safety, was excellent for them. They're going to be starting again at safety. Like, those are four players that weren't drafted, but they were brought in as free agents by Matt Rule and company. Federer is still here as a GM. Again, have no idea. You can, I certainly can point out Frankie Louvu and credit a guy that was Rule's right-hand man, Phil Snow, for the reason why he's here in Carolina. So, Four players there that I think will have roles here in Carolina. And then looking at that draft class, there's plenty of hits. There's plenty of role guys. And there's some guys that you look at knowing that their time is not long here in Carolina. All right, so there's a look at some of the former role guys. and just you know, let's just call them Panthers. They're still on the roster and where they may fit in under Frank Reich. How about Terrace Marshall? How does he fit in? And would bringing in DeAndre Hopkins hurt his chances of development? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But before we do that... The Denver Nuggets took Game 1 of the NBA Finals on Thursday night and make your way over to Fanduel for the rest of the NBA Finals because right now new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place to bet on all the NBA action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit fanduelcom on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Good question from Alex there asking about some of the guys that have uh, been brought to Carolina by former head coach Matt Rule and what they're uh, standing is here now that Frank Reich is the head coach. And there's plenty of guys. I mean, Derek Brown, we talked about him. Jeremy Chen, J.C. Horn, uh, uh, Brady Christensen, uh, Icky Aquano. Like, there's plenty of guys that are going to have impacts on the roster. And you really look at it, the Panthers – when was the last time? And you know, it's not, it's not, it's, I guess it would be Vernon Butler, but we typically have seen during his franchise history, them just nail those first round picks. Derek Brown's been great. JC Horn, when he's been healthy, he's been great. Iki was fantastic last year. They usually hit the top of the draft. It's the middle part that they've struggled to hit. And since uh, Scott Fitter has been here, you look at some of the middle guys there. I mean, Chua Hubbard, He's he's been a solid performer when he's been out there. I mean, Uh, Other than that, looking at last year, that's pretty much it. So, going to need to improve upon that (laughs) moving forward. The Panthers are going to uh, really be in a place where they can hold – the NFC South for a long time. And you know, it's the draft, especially the middle part of it is where you can really build the meat of your team. And I think this year getting Jamie Robinson in the fifth round out of Florida state, and then Chandler Zavala in the fourth round out of NC state. They got a great chance to have some day three guys that can come in and be impact players for the future here in Carolina. And this is also the first draft where it's, Scott Fitterer's show. Now, you looked at how he maneuvered in 2021 of all the tradebacks, and you look at last year as well in 2022. You knew that Scott Fitterer was really the guy who was running the show in there, but obviously Matt Rule had influence. This time, we know who had the primary influence, and that was Scott Fitterer. And, of course, all of his scouts, Dan Morgan, assistant general manager, Samir Suleiman, Frank Reich, his staff, and David Tepper, the owner. They also had some influence on what was going on. Now, let's look at one player in particular. That was drafted in 2021 in the second round out of LSU. That's Terrace Marshall Jr., who really was non-existent here in Carolina until Matt Rule was fired, and he became the wide receiver, too. Kind of a de facto one, considering that Robbie Anderson, now known as Chosen Anderson, was traded. Shai Smith never lived up to the preseason hype. And they needed to find someone to help D.J. Moore. And when he stepped up to be that wide receiver, too, Terrace Marshall led the NFL in the last 12 weeks of the season with the most yards uh, per catch. So that's awesome for Terrace Marshall. But we've now seen that the Carolina Panthers have gone out and brought Adam Thielen. DJ Chark, another outside wide receiver, and they've drafted another outside wide receiver, someone who can play a big slot in John Domingo at Ole Miss there in the second round, two years after the Panthers took Terrace Marshall in the second round. With all that said, Luke asks, with obviously all the talk of DeAndre Hopkins being an option for Carolina, I want to know your thoughts on if this, if you think it's worth potentially signing Hopkins for what is likely just this season, and whether it's worth the risk of potentially further stunting the growth of Terrace Marshall by limiting his snaps. TMJ is potentially someone in the long term who could develop into your wide receiver one and personally I would feel it would be it would make more sense focus on developing that as opposed to bringing in an older player albeit when healthy a top 10 wide receiver who you'll likely only have for one season so you would rather have Terrace Marshall get all those snaps than bring in DeAndre Hopkins you don't have to give up any assets for because he's a free agent you rather have Terrace Marshall start on the outside. Who has not shown enough to be like, yeah, this is our guy? You'd rather have him than bring in DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, I don't really, I don't really jive with that at all. Now I understand the argument where, all right, you're gonna bring in Hopkins for one year, and then he's gonna be gone. And what is that really gonna solve? Because that doesn't solve the gaping hole there is for the Carolina Panthers on this roster as that like that go-to wide receiver like that top tier elite guy and even when DJ Moore was here he was the wide receiver one he was the guy you would go to but it's not like he was in the, one of the elite receivers in the NFL he's not DeAndre Hopkins and Hopkins healthy he's not uh, Devontae Adams he's not Stephon Diggs he's not Justin Jefferson he's not Jamar Chase but he was a really good player and the Panthers are really missing a really good player there at wide receiver now that DJ Moore is not here now Adam Thielen and a slot this year, I think he has a lot to provide. It's just a question of what does he provide at age 34 in 2024 and at age 35 in 2025 if he's still here in the roster. And in DJ Chark, he's only here for one season, guaranteed. And that would be the same case for DeAndre Hopkins. And they've already gone out and got a guy in DJ Chark who's been a Pro Bowler one time, but has been primarily hurt. Help- he's been hurt, banged up the last couple of years, just had another uh, surgery on his ankle this offseason. They brought him in knowing that, That could take away snaps from Terrace Marshall. It seems very clear to me that this staff is not sitting here in love with Terrace Marshall and thinking that, yeah, this is our guy. Because if they felt that way, I don't think they draft Mingo. And I don't know about DJ Chark. Maybe they bring in DJ Chark. It's only a one-year kind of deal. But if you really felt strongly about Terrace Marshall, you're probably not bringing in two guys, one via the draft, one via free agency that play at his position and i don't really know we can sit here and say like his growth was stunted by the previous staff like when he was taken robbie anderson was coming out a thousand yard receiving season same thing with dj moore like those were your guys going into 2021 and then they just paid robbie anderson right ahead of that 2021 season and unfortunately Things didn't go well. And Terrace Marshall also had a concussion, missed a lot of time, had the knee injury, even when he was drafted, missed some time. So he wasn't really healthy that first year. Then last year, still dealing with some nagging injuries. And then when you get down to camp, he's not out there. And Matt Rule voices frustration being like, Terrace has got to be out here. And how he's he's like, We need him to be on the field because he, he thinks he's a good player, but if he's not available in practice, you can't play him on Sundays, especially excuse me, when you haven't done anything in the league. It's different like DeAndre Hopkins. If Hopkins is injured and not out there all the time during training camp, you're going to play him <clears throat> because you know what he can do in the NFL. We don't know what Terrace Marshall really can do because he hasn't really been healthy for a 17-game season so far. And that's not his growth being stunted by the staff. It's being stunted by just the injuries and some of the guys that have been ahead of him. And even when he got healthy during training camp last year, he got beat out by Shai Smith, y'all. Got beat out. Robbie already had the wide receiver two position. DJ, of course, already wide receiver one. That third wide receiver slot was open. And we would have thought that would have been Terrace Marshall. But he didn't win it. Shai Smith beat him out of camp. And he was a healthy scratch for the first two weeks of the season. It wasn't until Shai Smith really struggled with drops and showing that he certainly should not have been in that position because while he, while he earned it, he earned a way to lose that job as well. So I'm not looking at Terrace Marshall as being someone, who's someone who was screwed by Matt Rule. It's just unfortunate with injuries. But when he was out there... Didn't make the plays. And last year, he made some plays. Yeah, there's times where a deep ball dropped him. He's got to make some be more consistent. And I think they've looked at the tape. And Scott Fitter also looked at just the room in general and knew that we got to do something here. DJ's not here. Robbie's not here anymore. And Shy has not done enough. Terrace has not done enough. We got to bring in some new guys. And they've done that with Thielen, with Chark, who plays a position by drafting Mingo. And they also brought in Demir Bird. I don't think that bringing DeAndre Hopkins is really stunting the growth of Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall is a professional. This is a job. He's an adult. This is year three. This is the time to show what he can do. And if the Panthers haven't seen enough to where they feel like they have a better chance to win with DeAndre Hopkins, then that's their job. The job is to win games. Not necessarily sit here and be like, all right, this guy's entering year three. got to make sure we develop him," even though they brought in other veterans who are already atop the, above the depth chart ahead of Terrace Marshall. So. I still like Terrace Marshall, and I know you're going to listen to them and be like, oh, my God, Julian hates Terrace Marshall. I don't. I'm just looking at what they've done. Actions speak louder than words, and their actions are showing you and telling you that they don't look at Terrace Marshall as being that potential wide receiver one. Can he develop into it? Maybe. Maybe one day. Uh, But I do also believe that they're probably going to be fine with not bringing in DeAndre Hopkins, which will then allow Terrace Marshall – you know, barring Jonathan Mingo coming in and looking really good, it will allow Terrace Marshall to start off the season to be that third wide receiver and to keep his job here in Carolina because he certainly needs to show it this year because if he doesn't, well, they're going to probably be looking to Mingo and maybe bring in somebody else next year who can take his job. All right. So there's that. One more question coming up here on the show about the coaching staff and if there's any staffs in the NFL that we can compare this staff rebuild to. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Again, because I just know, I know there's a lot of people out there who are probably really hard at hearing who think that because I said all that that I don't like Terrace Marshall. I do. I do like Terrace Marshall, and I want it to work out for him. Ideally for me, going into this year, and throughout the season, it's going to be Thielen, DJ Chark, and Terrace Marshall. But if DeAndre Hopkins wants to come to Carolina, which he already said he really doesn't want to because he doesn't want to be with a rookie quarterback, but if he decides to come to Carolina and the Panthers can bring him in, you do it because the point of this whole thing is to win games. And, yes, development's important, but at a point in time where you got your rookie quarterback, who that's the guy you really focus on developing, and you have a good defense – and if they can bring in Leonard Floyd, especially, like your defense looks pretty doggone complete. Now, will it be the best one in the league? I don't know, but it's gonna be pretty damn good. When you have that working for you, you have your second your sec your special team set of battery all back with your long snapper and JJ Jansen. You got your punter, you got your kicker, when you have that working for you. And you got a good offensive line, like there's you only have so much time to keep waiting for guys. To show up and to show that they are a part of this long term. Like, Terrace has just not done that so far. And even last year, when he showed some flashes, they were just flashes. It wasn't consistently week-to-week, Terrace Marshall out there balling. And Sam Darnold played his best football we've ever seen during that six-week period. And we thought the end wasn't very good, and we only asked him to do so much. But Sam, you know, was fine. We just need to see more. And I guess they didn't see enough for them to, be, to believe and to buy into Terrace Marshall being a guy where they don't need to bring in DJ Chark. that they didn't have to bring a draft to Domingo. And I look at DJ Chark, of course, as someone that they want to see more as a deep ball threat, more so than like, Terrace is probably more of a possession receiver. I understand all that. But they needed to bring in another outside wide receiver, and they felt more comfortable by having DJ Chark here as well and then maybe bringing in Jonathan Domingo and see what he can do. So – Just putting that out there. Don't hate Terrace Marshall. I know people are really hard at hearing. Just letting you know, I still think he can be a good player. I just don't think we can sit here and, like, really buy into the hype that, oh, yeah, he's going to be a wide receiver one. Maybe he will be, but uh, he's kind of running out of time. All right, over to John. He says, this new coaching staff is like something we have never seen before in Carolina. Could you compare the staff we have built to another one that has been assembled in the NFL as far as roles go? In my mind, I see Reich as more of a business manager role running a team of very qualified coaches. So you look at him as a CEO head coach, which, yes, I mean, coaches are CEOs. They do hire all these coaches to work under them. And when those coaches leave for their jobs or if they're fired, they have to go out there and find coaches to replace him. So, yes, you as a head coach are really managing your own business of you, the head coach, and the football team that you have, managing the players, really managing your own staff. So Frank Reich is that, but he's also calling the plays. So we cannot sit here at all and undervalue the role that he is playing here in Carolina because while Thomas Brown is here as the OC and helping to build the offense – The majority of it is Frank Reich's. It might be 60-40 or 55-45, but the majority of it's Frank Reich's. And Frank Reich is going to listen, as he mentioned on Thursday, that, hey, him and Thomas have had healthy disagreements and they have come to terms on, like, all right, we're going to do it my way, Thomas, or we're going to do it your way, Thomas. I agree with you on that. Let's go ahead and do it. He is going to listen to all the people around him. But make no mistake, this is Frank Reich's team. This is his offense. He's calling the plays. So he has a massive role here in Carolina. So let's just go ahead and put that out there. And I'm not saying that you're saying that he doesn't, but yeah, he's not just like a guy just sitting up in his office. He is very involved in what's going on. And that is illustrated by the fact that he calls the plays. All right. But if you want to ask about a staff that you can compare this to, let me go and look at the 2018 Los Angeles Rams staff. We have Sean McVay, who in a way is a CEO of the offense, where he called the place, just like Frank Reich. He had come from places where he had learned uh, some concepts, like you know Washington and working under uh, Kyle Shanahan. So he, he had to learn. A lot about the offense. He had been some places. He had seen success. And he had already had success as a coach before. Frank Reich's had success as a coach before. or sorry. well, Being in Los Angeles, he already had success. Now, Frank Reich's had success in the past as well. He's been in places. He won a Super Bowl ring. You understand what I'm trying to say. So, head coach Sean McVay, calling the plays, kind of CEO of the offense. Where Frank Reich, I wouldn't look at him as a CEO of the offense. He's kind of CEO of the whole team. The CEO and head coach of the defense was Wade Phillips, who had been a head coach in Dallas. His um, – Dad, legendary uh, NFL coach in uh, Bum Phillips. So you got Wade, who was an older, experienced coach, who could come in, really help a guy. And and, and you look at what Frank Reich brought in. He's got Dom Capers, who's helping a Jero Avero, who's a D.C. here in Carolina, as that senior division role. You brought in Jim Caldwell, who he's worked under before, to be just – I don't even know necessarily what Jim Caldwell is going to do. He's just going to be everywhere in the building. Sean McVay went out there and got an older guy? Frank Reich did the same thing. Now, Frank Reich's in his 60s, of course, but he went out there and got someone who's very seasoned like Jim Caldwell, and it's not going to be apples to apples. You got a quarterback coach there in 2018 in Zach Taylor, who's now the Bengals head coach, and Zach Taylor has done a really good job as a Bengals head coach, and you look at what we have here now in Carolina with Josh McCown. If the Rooney Rule didn't exist, he would have probably been and maybe still would be the Houston Texans head coach, and I think at some point in time, he's going to get opportunity to be a head coach in the NFL, Zach Taylor, former quarterback in Nebraska, also in the NFL as a backup. Um, Josh McCown, I don't know where he went to college, but he was a quarterback as well, of course, in the NFL for that long time. So there's that kind of comparison. Um, Safety coach was Gerald, Vero, who, oh yeah, that's right, he's a D.C. here, now in Carolina. You look at some of the guys that got back here in that coaching staff who could potentially be D.C.s or head coaches one day, there's a lot of them. When we talked to Jordan Rodriguez, who's covered to cover the Carolina Panthers for the Athletic. Now she covers the Rams, and she was talking about a lot of the Rams staffers out here. She thinks that Thomas Brown's a head coach. She believes that Jar Vero's a head coach one day. And even Chris Tabor could be a head coach one day. He's already operated as the interim there for Matt Nagy in Chicago a couple of years ago. Look at the pass game coordinator there in Los Angeles at the time, Shane Waldron. He's now the Seahawks OC pass game coordinator here in Carolina. You got Parks Frazier who called plays last year when Jeff Saturday was the interim head coach in Indianapolis after Frank Wright got hired, Uh, got fired rather. Uh, You don't think there's a chance that he could be OC again. I certainly do think that could be the case. Could be here in Carolina if Thomas Brown leaves or when he leaves, potentially Um, you look at the assistant wide receiver coach, Got Liam Cohen, who was the O.C. last year for the Rams. He's now back at Kentucky as the O.C. The main reason why any of us were talking about Will Levis potentially going to first round and in the top five, top ten over the last year or so was because of Liam Cohen, who's worked under Sean McVay. Look at the his assistant head coach, last linebackers coach, Joe Barry. He's now the Packers D.C but we have Carolina. There's guys who can be DCs one day. Special teams coordinator, one of the best in the NFL, John Fossil. Now in Dallas, you got Chris Tabor, one of the best special teams coordinator. If you look at the comparison there, it's not apples to apples. And I was kind of looking at some staffs. I was trying to find some sex, some successful ones. And I know there's a lot of staff turnover there with the Rams. And Frank Reich's had staff turnover. And we've seen where some of his staff, some of the guys he's had, have gone. Like Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen. We've seen what's happened with a lot of those guys. So... I think, again, here in Carolina, if they have success, some of the guys like Jero Vero, who I only expect to be here for like a season, and Thomas Brown and Josh McCown and Parks Frazier will go on to bigger and better things and bigger roles somewhere else in the NFL. So, yeah, be very excited about this staff because the best thing about w- – w- the great thing about your staff is you got experience. We also have guys who are young and hungry and smart and will have an opportunity to be – sitting in the same seat that Frank Reich is sitting in right now down the road. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, you all make sure to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where, again, on Fridays, I'll answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. That's still going to be happening as we go into off-season mode. So, at me or DM me to get those questions in. Again, you all, Mondays. We'll be recording on Monday, show coming out Monday evenings, probably around 7 o'clock. Wednesday, same case. Going to be recording on Wednesday afternoons, usually coming out around 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. And Friday shows should be out probably around noon on Friday afternoon. So Monday evening, Wednesday evening, Friday afternoon, that will be the schedule going on here until we come back for Five days a week, your team every day on July 17th, leading up to training camp for the Carolina Panthers and the rest of the NFL. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole as always, keep pounding, and I will talk to you all on Monday evening.